Hello. Hello, Heather. Hello, Nicole. <laughs> good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Can you guys hear me okay? I think my, uh, I'm a little bit of a delay. Hello, Andy. How are you? I mean, I know I'm on a delay, but I think it's a little bit more than usual. How are you guys? Got out of bed and get on with the show. Getting withdrawals. <laughs> You're funny. Hey, Nick. Hey, Ron. I mean, I already said hi to Nicole. Hello, Mr. Ron. I am out of bed. Hello, little diva paranormal. I even showered for you guys. Woohoo! I'm waiting for a certain someone to come in the room. How is everybody today? Damn it, Andy, you're going to start off like that? <laughs> for reals? I tell ya, I tell ya. I'm doing good, Diva. How are you? Thank you for asking. Ron! Ron gifted Nicole a one-month subscription. Thank you, Ron. That's so sweet of you. Over on D-Live. Oh, Heather, I'm sorry to hear that. I hate headaches. I really do. <laughs> Ron's like, I'm not going to be the only mooner over here. I can slap Andy if he gets too naughty. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that, little diva. Eddie's working. I almost didn't make the show today because, yeah, that's true, Ron. Andy does like that. So you got to watch that. <laughs> uh, on days that the freaking truck comes to the store, Eddie has to, like, wake up every hour and find out the estimate time of arrival. So, it's basically him waking up every hour to see if he's got a text message and when to go in. So, I, I think conscious or subconsciously, I worry that he's going to um, miss his alarm. 
I'm so sorry to hear that, Diva. I am so sorry to hear that. My prayers to you and your family. <laughs> I like that. I like that, Nicole. I have a new com command for Andy. If he's bad, he has to slap himself, and it's fun to watch. <laughs> Selfish feller. Seem to be grateful. I know, right? I'm telling you. It's crazy. It's crazy. So every time um, the truck comes, like I said, I just I feel like he's going to miss his alarm sometimes. So I stay up and kind of watch out for the text message and set his alarms for when he needs to get up and all that stuff. So it takes a toll on me as well in <laughs> this job of his. I guess it's 10.02. I could probably turn the camera on, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't want to scare you guys. So now I gotta set everything, get everything back up again. Oi, hey. And there I am. Woo! I do, guys, if you want some chocolate covered pretzels, I do have white chocolate and chocolate chocolate if you guys would like some who's the new lady i know you're probably like what the hell is that where are they so guys when i i want you to do me a favor no no donuts I don't like chocolate-covered donuts. You Are you guys the chocolate-covered donut people? I don't like chocolate-covered donuts. I hate them. I don't like Long John's, none of that stuff. Give me a peanut donut or a glazed or anything like that. Heather, I've been watching that storm. We got quite a bit of storm yesterday here in Ontario. I want spring to hurry up and get here, right? I know. It's been freezing here. And I usually, you guys know that usually I'm like, oh, you know, Alaska's warmer than the East Coast. Man, it's got some bite to it this year. You don't love donuts, Nicole? Ice covered and cream filled. See, I, I'll take a lemon, a lemon filled donut. I love lemon filled donuts with powdered sugar. But they don't make them like they used to. Even when Eddie makes them. He puts just a dab of, a, like, powdered sugar on it. And it's like, hell no, you got to float that shit in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really get in there. Well, Monday, like I said, I didn't go live Monday because of the fact that we had gusts up to 75 miles per hour. Um, so it was like, 
Um, I'm not even taking a chance. Shut down the computer. Because that's what blew out my computer before. <laughs> so it was like, nope, not going to do it in case we have brownouts. Nope. I'm not even taking that chance. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. Ron, you like Boston cream? See, I don't like Boston cream. I don't like any of that. Now, Boston cream is the, there's the whipped cream, and then there's the other cream. Is that Boston cream? I always forget. Boston cream, I don't mind if it didn't have the chocolate on the top. I don't like the whipped cream stuff at all. I never have. I don't like, when I was a cake decorator, um, I didn't like when people ordered the whipped cream. Ugh. That stuff's nasty. <laughs> I'm American. I need more sugar. <laughs> so they're not coming in or what? God damn it. Where is Scott and Sarah? If you guys see them at, come in, let me know. Because I want you guys to do me a favor. I'm going to have... I want to at least have the chat room flooded with happy birthday, Tiami. Today is her birthday. There it is. Oh, sure. Now I see. <laughs> Woo. Is Tiami in the room? I don't know if that's Scott or Sarah. You got to say something more than evening before me to let me know if it's Scott or Sarah. I mean, that could go either way. Andy, Nicole prefers whipped cream with whipped cream topping and whipped cream on the side. <laughs> Where is Miss Tiami? Where is that little lovely lady? Oh, son of a bitch! No, no! Why are you going to, oh, I felt bad because I was running late because we all know Missy would be late to her own funeral. I had this whole thing set up, not this whole thing, but I wanted, <laughs> I wanted everybody to flood the chat room with happy birthday, Tiami. I even made this, even though it's lame, I even made that. I put the stars up in the background for her, and she's at her grams. What the heck? So how was I supposed to call her? <laughs> I love you guys. Please give her my love. That's got to be Scott and messing around about. <laughs> oh, it's the butler. <laughs> so welcome, everybody. Welcome. 
Scott seems like he's not in a good mood today. What's up with that? Listen, Addie's working. I know you miss him. <laughs> I know you texted him yesterday. Because... <laughs> yesterday was such a stressful day because it was tax day. We were doing our taxes. He misses, He's missing Granny? Yes, probably. <laughs> So we're doing taxes, and Eddie gets stressed out. See, this is why, now that he's not here, let me explain something. Although I wish he was here while I was explaining this. The reason I have all the passwords and everything to everything is because of the fact that he forgets them. So, instead of saying, because I usually do the taxes every year, so instead of saying, Missy, will you do the taxes? I got the W-2 forms, blah, blah, blah. He goes and makes his own account <laughs> and try to, tries to do his taxes. It took me 10 minutes to do my taxes. You know, him, it took about three hours. And then, you know, of course, I get bitchy because I get tired. And nothing to do with a control issue, no. I just know the consequences of if he forgets a password, he don't know how to find out what his password is. And then he gets frustrated, and then he gets pissed. And then he throws his headphones all over the place. That's why they're broke, by the way. If you notice them Friday or Saturday, they're broke. Um, <laughs> and so I know what goes on and conspires. He's probably listening at work. Um, with him forgetting passwords. And I don't want nothing, no part of that. <laughs> so me being bitchy and tired, I'm like, I'm not helping you. You deal with it. <laughs> no, I ended up helping him. <laughs> exactly. Not only that, my little tidbit is it's all saved in my browser. So... If I have to find something out real quick, I can go to my browser and, and it's no big deal. But most of them are, yes, they're in my head. And I have like that recall memory. So if I go to the page, I might not remember the password. If somebody asked me, what's the password? If he asked me, what's the password to this? I might not remember at that point in time, but when I go to the page... I'll type it in no problem because it's like automatic. <laughs> Andy, my head's too full of sheer or other stuff. <laughs> hey, Scott. Oh, you're welcome, Scott. Oh, <laughs> hey, Claire, how you doing? What the fart? Can you guys hear that? I'm hoping you guys can hear that when it comes up. <laughs> she had to check her points just to do that one, huh, Heather? <laughs> All right, so shall we get this show on the road? You can't hear it? Why can't you hear it? 
around. Edna's so good. I don't understand why you can't hear it. That's bullshit. Because <laughs> you deep. Maybe. Could be. Could be. So shall we get this show on the road? Welcome, welcome one and all to What If Wednesdays, where we discuss UFOs, cryptids, conspiracy theories, and so much more in this wacky world. Listen, all you guys know that I'm, I'm a part of parachills.com. If, if you've got something happening and you want us to investigate, the link is down below. Or if you want to become an investigator, or maybe even a researcher, whatever. Whether you're new to the field or you're seasoned, check out the link before, not before, check out the link below <laughs> and head on over and sign up. We'd love to have you as part of our team. Well, as part of our family, I should say. Um, so good Wednesday to everybody. How are you? On today's show, we're exploring Hollow Earth. We haven't explored this one before. I'm looking forward to it. What do you guys think about Hollow Earth? We're going to get into it. We're going to get into the conspiracy theories. We're going to go get into the stories that have gone on about it. Yeah. So, and of course, if you're listening on the podcast portion of this, I invite you to come over to YouTube. Shadows of the Moon. an ugly bitch oh you're a twin sister my bad <laughs> um but yeah come on over to youtube we have a ball over in the chat room a lot of good peeps over there <laughs> and don't forget as i roll the credits which i haven't set up the credits but at the end of the show head over to d live Head over to DLive where I give away Lomones and open that chest. I wish DLive would get rid of the Christmas trees. Is there Christmas trees over there? I, I haven't even been to DLive in so long, it's not even funny. I mean, I've been there. I mean, obviously, I have the chat open. But... <laughs> I haven't watched anybody. Yes, it's almost Christmas. Didn't you know that, Heather? Probably not, Andy. Yeah, Scott, why aren't you a mod? Scott, what's wrong with you? You threw your hammer away? Did you throw... Your hammer away. Scott's like, hell with this. I ain't dealing with any shit. I can't do nothing to him, so I don't want a hammer. <laughs> so, yeah. You multitasking. I try to do that. As you can see, it works out so wonderfully. What, what, uh, who did I forget on the list now? Oh, Mr. Restreambot. I'm not putting Restreambot on the 
the list of mods. <laughs> hey, Anton, how you doing, hon? You got a hammer, Scott. Hey, Steve. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you all. So, yeah, we're talking Hollow Earth. Do you guys believe there's a Hollow Earth? Or there's cave systems down in the Earth? Well, I mean, obviously, we know there's cave systems. But do you know what I mean? I mean, are there humanoid alien people living down there? Ant people? What do you guys think? I want to hear. I want to hear what you guys think. That is good news, Anton. You woke it up. That is very good news. I like hearing that anyway. Definitely cases, but hollow. You mean caves? They might. They might. Yay! Thank you for the ice cream, Nicole. Thank you, hon. I appreciate it. Yeah, there's... Well, to the Indians, that's what they were called, the ant people. Some of the Indians. I don't know. So, let's go ahead and get started here. Let me bring this page over here, hide my face so I don't scare myself. All right. On a stormy night in 1997, a personal trainer, Dallas Thompson, drove down Highway 58 in Bakersfield, California. The rain made the asphalt slick, so the road was more dangerous than usual. Thank you for the lemons. Thank you, Heather. I appreciate it. Sure enough, Thompson lost control of his vehicle. Hey, Jax, how you doing, hon? Welcome, welcome. Sure enough, Thompson lost control of his vehicle. The car hydroplaned, sliding along the watery road at 70 miles per hour. It spun around at least six times before in 250 feet down a cliff. When firefighters and paramedics arrived, they presumed anyone in the flattened vehicle was dead. But miraculously, Thompson survived. In five years later, in 2002, Thompson went on a radio show, which most of us know. It's called Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell to promote his book, Cosmic Manuscript. In its pages, Thompson's claimed that interdimensional beings pulled him from the car before the impact and transported him to a realm where all time flows simultaneously. He also mysteriously learned information that all humans once knew. The earth is hollow. And it's crossed only a quarter mile thick underneath, and the crust is only a quarter mile thick underneath that shell. Thompson said there was ancient civilization that was built of a vast array of subterranean tunnels illuminated by crystals and glowing moss. Its citizens had incredibly advanced technology at their fingertips, including electromagnetic vehicles that could travel thousands of miles per hour. For his 32nd birthday on May 24th, 2003, Thompson planned to join the society. He was going to enter a hole in the Earth's crust 
that he believed was the North Pole. However, before Thompson could make that journey, he suddenly vanished from the face of the earth. Maybe he was already underneath it. What do you guys think about that? There are some mines. Andy says, there are some mines which go a lot deeper. So if you go down one, you would end up falling through another sky. Well, we're going to talk about that, Andy. We're going to talk about how it's, I got pictures on how it's supposedly is. What, how it supposedly looks. Some conspiracy theories on what people think about it. So... The hollow earth hypothesis is that the belief the earth is completely hollow and may contain advanced humanoid species or even UFOs. <laughs> Steve. Hey man, you never know. I don't know. There's some shady things that go on underneath this earth. <laughs> Maybe Heather. I don't know, but we're going to examine that. Um, so let's take the journey. I mean, there's some scientists. Yes, you make it to China. That's what I was always trying to do when I was younger with my little spoon, dig my way to China because they said that's where you'd come out. <laughs> but you'll be surprised to know that some scientists really believe that. And I'm talking scientists like Newton. Um, I forgot the other ones. We'll get to them. And he says, I'm pretty sure that oceans go about six miles deep, too. They must have bad rain problems in the inner world. Well, we shall see. So, if you look at a lot of Native American stories, though, especially the Hopi Indians, they believed that their people came from underworld. Okay. According to the tribe's mythology, their ancestors sprang up in caves beneath the earth. Three worlds existed beneath the earth's surface, but eventually humans outgrew them. So they climbed higher and higher until they reached the surface, which we consider our world. Some believe the cavernous worlds of the Hopi's ancestors still exist below the Grand Canyon, across the Atlantic Ocean, another civilization conceived in a world below ours. Though the ancient Greeks and Egyptians didn't believe that they came from a place underneath the earth, they did believe that you went in depth to the underworld. Of course, ancient Egyptians viewed death as merely another form of life, one that prim primarily exists underground. According to their beliefs, you know, human souls descend to the underworld filled with demons who would be benevolent and merciful on a and mysterious, monstrously cooled. Hello, ghost in the prison. No problem, Scott. No problem whatsoever. They're always talking about space and the universe when they know nothing about our planet. Uh, yeah, I know, Jax. me out because there wouldn't be any an iron core which creates the magnetic sphere well we're going to talk about that 
give it a chance, guys. Be open-minded. <laughs> Not that I'm saying I believe in it. I just, I like hearing different ways that people think about things. You know what I mean? Does that sound right? Oh, it's over here. Hold on a minute. Okay, so... In ancient times, the concept of subterranean land inside the earth appeared in mythology, folklore, and legends. The idea of subterranean realms seemed arguable and became intertwined with the concept of places of origin or afterlife, such as the Greek underworld, the Christian hell, the Jewish shul, and I'm probably, probably saying these wrong, um, it is, which details... I guess the Jewish shul, which details describing inner earth in Kabbalist, Kabbal, Kabbalistic literature, such as the Zohar, is the idea of subterranean realm mentioned in the Buddhist belief, according to the story from the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. In their ancient city called Shambhala, which is located inside the earth. We're going to discuss that, Andy. What, Andy says, what stops the inner worlds crashing into the outer one? Also, when large meteors fall to Earth, would that not cause catastrophic damage to the inner world? We're going to talk all about that. So, I mean, people have talked about this for eons, way before us. Um, according to the ancient Greeks, there were caverns underneath the surface which were entrances leading to the underworld, some of which were the caverns of Tenarion in Lokina. I'm not going to name all these. I'll put the link in the description below. Um, occupied, and they're occupied by the gods. The Mesopotamian religion, there is a story of a man who was traveling through the darkness of the tunnel in the mountain of Meshu and entered a subterranean garden. In Celtic mythology, there's a legend called Croatian, Croatian, not the Croatian like Roanoke Croatian, um, also known as Ireland's Gate to Hell, a mythical and ancient cave from which, according to legend, strange creatures would emerge and be seen on the surface of the earth. Well, hell, that's where race are supposed to live, aren't they? Um, there are also stories of medieval knights and saints who went on pilgrimage to a cave located in Staten Island in Ireland, Station Island, sorry, I see that and I think New York, Station Island in Ireland where they made journeys inside the earth into a place of purgatory. In County Down, North Ireland, there is a myth which says tunnels lead to the land of the subterranean. A group of people who are believed to have introduced Druidism to Ireland and then went back underground. In Hindu, the underworld is referred to as Patala. In the version of the Hindu epic Ramayan, it is depicted how Rama and Lakshima were taken to the king of the underworld. He was the brother of the demon king. Later on, they were rescued. 
The native tribes of India claim that their ancestors, ancestors emerged in ancient times from a subterranean landslide inside the earth. Hey, second star. Hello, my bro. How are you? There are some hollow earth theories that dictate the subterranean world as a peaceful place. A common name for um, the subterranean civilization is Argatha, which that was named by a pilot. And we're going to talk about him as well. Natives of the islands believe that their ancestors had come from the subterranean land through a cavern hold, a cavern hole, and a Mexican folklore also tells of a cave in a mountain five, five miles south of Ojanaga. Well, Andy, not all pe you know, not all people are like you. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Right? Yes, but when you're in a higher state of mind, you are peaceful. All right, Scott. No worries there. And of course, in Native American mythology, it said that the ancestors of the Mandan people in ancient times emerged from a subterranean land through a cave on the north side of the Missouri River. There is also a tale about a tunnel in the San Carlos Apache Indian Reservation in Arizona near Cedar Creek, which is said to lead inside the earth to a land inhabited by a mysterious tribe. It is also the belief of the tribes and the Iroquois that their ancient ancestors emerged from a subterranean world inside the earth. The elders of the Hopi people believe that a Sipapu, Entrance in the Grand Canyon exists, which leads to the underworld. Yeah, ghost in the prison. Yes, I agree with you. He said, I think the term hollow earth needs to be redefined. Enormous underground caverns do exist, but the center of the earth is not hollow. But you're right. It does need to be, you know, redefined. Um... Andy, no, you weren't joking, Missy. High state of mind? Mwah. Can't even, can't imagine what you're talking about. Yeah, I know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, Brazilian Indians who live alongside the Paraná River in Brazil claim that their forefathers emerged in ancient times from an underground land and that many of their ancestors still remain inside the earth. Ancestors of the Inca supposedly came from caves, which are located east of Peru. I wish you guys could hear that. I feel so stupid when I do that. <laughs> I don't know why you can't. I'll figure it out some, somehow. Um, so, let me get this up here. Edmund Haley, in 1692, conjectured the Earth might consist of a hollow shell about 800 kilometers or 500 miles thick. 
two inner uh, concentric shells and an innermost core. Atmospheric separates these shells and each shell has its own magnetic poles. The spheres rotate at different speeds. Halley of Halley Comet guy <laughs> um, proposed the scheme in or the scheme she, yeah the scheme in order to explain anonymous compass readings. He thought that the atmosphere inside the luminous and possibly inhabited and speculated that escaping gas caused the northern lights, which we had out the other night and it was too cold to go out and take pictures. Sorry, guys. Uh, and he says, between hollow earth and flat earth, it must be they got the wrong saying the moon was made of cheese. Sounds more like the earth is a giant Swiss cheese. Well, it is. I mean, think of all the drilling we do. Leclerc Milfer in 1781 led a journey with hundreds of Creek Indians to a series of caverns near Red River above the junction of the Mississippi River. According to Milford, the original Creek Indian ancestors are believed to have merged out of the surface of the earth in ancient times from caverns. Milford also claimed that the caverns, they could easily contain 15,000 to 20,000 families. That's a lot of families. In the 19th century, in 1818, John Cleves Sims Jr. suggested that the earth consisted of a hollow shell about 810 miles thick with openings about 1,400 miles across at both poles. So they thought that there was big, huge holes at the North Pole and the South Pole. Sims became the most famous of the early hollow earth properties and, the, and Hamilton, Ohio, even has a monument to him and his ideas. He proposed making an expedition to the North Pole whole, thanks in efforts of his followers, James McBride. Jeremiah Reynolds also delivered lectures on the hollow earth and argued in the, for an expedition. Ryans went on in an expedition to Antarctica himself, but missed joining the great U.S. exploring expedition of 1838 and 19, or 1842 even though his venture was was a result of his agitation. I believe so, Andy. I believe. It is just full of water. Second star survivor says, there is a golden cave found in the Grand Canyon in 1978 that stretches over 55 miles but contained Egyptian gold with markings from Ramses one. Wow, and Roman coins, and also Babylon writing in stone. That's pretty cool. They were found there, plus skeletons. That is pretty cool. I'm going to have to check that out. I probably read about it, but can't remember. Um, and of course, you know, in 1864, Journey of the Center Earth by Jules Verne, describes a hollow earth containing two rotating binary stars named Pluto and Prospering. So, I mean, through the ages, people really believed us. 
20th century, NEQUA, or the Problem of the Ages, first serialized in a newspaper print in Topeka, Kansas in 1900, and considered an early feminist utopian novel, mentions John Cleve's Sims theory to, as to explain the setting in Hollow Earth. In early 20th century, William Reed wrote Phantom of the Poles in 1906. He supported the idea of Hollow Earth, but without interior shells or in an inner sun. Let me get down to my notes here. There have been many books written about this. A book by Raymond Bernard, which appeared in 1964, The Hollow Earth. He has the idea of UFOs coming from inside the Earth. And they are seeing more water UFOs. At least I've heard of them. Have you guys heard of them? I'm sure you have. I'm sure we've talked about them. Here we go with my comb over again. So let me bring up some pictures here. Let me bring it up. Maybe if it'll let me. Forgot how to screen share. It's been so long. Yeah. So this is what they think with the hollow earth with the poles. They think there's a whole earth. This is earth. This is inner earth. And the poles lead down to inner earth. Does that make sense? Thank you. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate me let your, you letting me borrow your comb. <laughs> okay, so that's what they think with that, that there's the outer earth and then there's the inner earth, right? And with that, people are feeling it. They know something is going on, but they can't put their finger on it. Besides this version, he... Um, This came from, where is my, God bless America. So this comes from Dallas Thompson about the whole, where he got it from was basically, where is my notes to that? Hold on one second, guys. Sorry. Apparently, I didn't pull up all my notes. It's my Monday. 
Hold on, guys. I'm trying to pull up chat so I can see what you guys said. Okay. Nicole says tectonic plate movement. They don't crash into one another, but will ride over and slide under. Oh, believe me. Yes, I know. I, I that I've I've studied that since moving up here. I studied that in different types of earthquakes. <laughs> What happens to the land? It's supposedly underneath it. It's not even touching our outer world. So it's like they said, imagine like balloons. Balloons inside another, they have their own rotation. They have their own magnetic field. They're not touching each other. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah, that's not a logical image. There wouldn't be a north or south pole to create a magnetic sphere. I believe there is an underground case system that connect all land masses, but no one wants to spend the money. Yeah, that's true. I mean, with a lot of people, you know, discovering these caves. I mean, look at all the caves that are down there. You know, the only thing that would scare me if people were going to start to, you know, drill down there would be fallout. That scares me. So, all right. Oh, goodness gracious. Here's the picture. That's the picture I was looking for. I forgot. You got to click. So there you got the North Pole. Siberia, China, India, New York, Mexico, North America. <laughs> I was like, what does that word say? Um, South America. And this is the holes. This is where the whole other... world is connected through like i said the south pole and the north pole now modern belief in the hollow theory her theory can be a bit hard to pin down accompanying each uh subject as northern lights even escaping hitler you know all there's been a lot of theories out there a lot of conspiracy theories um around it but I mean these these thoughts have been around for millions and millions of years see myself I listen to a lot of uh, Native Americans and that could be just because I'm Seneca <laughs> but I mean I never grew up with a tribe or anything like that um and I really didn't know like the tribal life until I moved to Alaska and, and started hanging around natives up here. Um, hey, Anita, how are you, hon? Welcome. So like with all that being said, I, I listen to a lot of them on what their thoughts and beliefs are. Um, when it comes to stuff like that, I do take every 
everybody's beliefs with a grain of salt, but I'm also open to that, if, if that makes sense. The perfect climate believed to exist in hollow earth is said that the, to produce animals and people that are larger and far more healthier than those on the surface. It's perfect temperature. God made the inner sun so that it provides heat during the night and a little bit less uh, with a little bit less at night. Trees grow up to a thousand feet tall. Humans even grow up to 15 feet tall. Because of the ideal conditions, animal life really grows larger also. This inner world is sometimes called or associated with Agatha, which a legendary city in Earth's core often tied to Eastern mysticism. If it's to be believed that Earth is in fact hollow and home to all manner of super race and megafauna, we have never contacted them or gone there. According to Clough, we have, but in an international banking conspiracy has worked to cover up the existence of the hollow earth and hide evidence of any Sims's holes. This sort of paranoid, you know, thinking of course comes with conspiracy theories. All right, Nicole, hurry back. One of the mo most popular pieces of evidence for Hollow Earth, there it is, is a supposed secret journal entry by Admiral Richard Byrd, who claimed to be the first person to fly over the North and South Pole. According to believers, Byrd's secret journal from 1947 included a report of flying into one of the holes and making contact with a race that lives inside the Earth. Now let me find my notes on him. Let's see. But almost think how much each house and car weighs times that by gravity every day though. Not necessarily. I mean, hold on. Let me make sure I'm reading the conversation right. Let's see. Uh, Ron says, the cave in the Grand Canyon with the Egyptian Hydra were survived by the Smithsonian. See, I don't trust the Smithsonian. I do not trust them at all. Um, a lot of stuff that had been given to them has mysteriously disappeared. I... I just don't trust the Smithsonian on anything. That's like the Vatican saying that they got the Ark of the Covenant. You know what I mean? Or the, the cross of Christ. I, But won't show it. I just, when it comes to stuff like that, I don't put a lot of faith in that. <laughs> if that makes sense. There's also a no-fly zone in the area. Yeah, because they don't want you to see the holes. <laughs> um, sinkholes. I believe that recent sinkholes have been happening is because the world isn't meant to handle the weight. We put it. That could, yeah, I could understand that, Matt. 
um, I sinkholes scare the hell out of me. That's my number one fear. I'm so scared of sinkholes. It's not even funny. But yet I live up here. That's, yeah, Matt, yeah, the Smithsonian covers up everything. There's a newspaper. Yeah. Hey, Blue, did I say hi to you? I'm sorry if I did, you know, if I'm repeating myself. I just want to make sure that I'm catching everybody's chat. Um, maybe a little bit later, Ghost. I'm not sure. Steel isn't actually formed. Okay. So Richard Bird. Let me see if they have this. Let me get down to Richard Bird here. All right, let me just read my notes. Screw it. Um, the Hebrew Bible, yes, we all know that. Of course, Dante's Inferno, you know, that's been brought up too. For thousands of years, humans believed in a world beneath our own weather as paradise or desolated hellscape. Many different societies suspect that there was life underneath what would consider it solid ground. But the idea of a hollow or multi-tiered earth wasn't limited to, to antiquity, even as progress led more people to put their faith in science. The theory persisted. Kircher was a German scholar and a priest. He lived during the 17th century and tried his hand in nearly every field of scientific study imaginable. He was quite literally a Renaissance man before um, before Kircher left school, he learned both Hebrew and Greek. After graduating, he moved to Rome where he founded a natural history museum and became one of the first Egyptologists. Kirchner was also a geologist in 1638. He was sailing off the coast of Italy when he noticed that the sea was agitated as it, his ship was in the middle of a storm, but there wasn't a cloud in the sky. Kirchner suggested that they make landfall shortly after a massive earthquake hit. Kirchner witnessed the total destruction of multiple cities along the coastline. Inspired by the Earth's raw power, he decided to explore the nearby volcano, Mount Virtuous. He was lowered by a smoking mountain, lowered into the smoking mountain, and he inhaled sulfur. He thought he heard the sounds of the devil. Kind of like, remember when we played, I don't know if I played them, but I remember there's a video going around where they lowered a microphone into the ground, and it sounded like screams of people, but it was just a lava magna, magnum. Magna from the lava. It's still out there though, ghost. 
listen, I'm not here to change your mind, dude. Seriously, I just put these out there. I think they're cool and interesting stories. Um, so Kershaw hypothesized that the Earth's interior was riddled with small chambers connected to the plant's extremely warm core, which isn't too far from off from what we know today. But he didn't stop there. He claimed that these caverns were composed of two separate but intermingling cavernous networks. One was filled with magma, while the other was filled with water volcanoes, where magma tunnels that had reached the surface. Um, while springs and other bodies of water came from the water tunnels. Where the two tunnels collided is where they created hot springs or geyser. He also believed that the water inside the earth had a current, just like the one on the surface. Welcome back, Nicole. And who's to say that they have houses down there, though? I mean, you never know. They could be just, I mean, they're 15 tall giants, humanoids, aliens, all that stuff down there. They, you don't know how they live. Um, and then it goes, in 1676, a 20-year-old Englishman named Edmund Halley, Halley dropped out of Oxford, eager to begin his scientific career. He set sail to St. Helena, a volcano island in the coast of, uh, coast of Africa, and set up a small observatory financed by his wealthy father. Over the next few years, Halley became one of the first to catalog the stars. He observed from the southern hemisphere Halley's astronomical contributions to the British Empire's naval charge um, and provided invaluable and English traders needed to help all the help that they could get. Hey, Freaky Geek, how are you, hon? Nature always wins. Yes, that's true. At the time, sailors relied on the magnetic compass for navigation, but magnetic north is actually quite far from the geographic north. Of course we know this. On the other hand, magnetic north is defined by the Earth's magnetic field as the magnetic field slowly drifts from time due to unforeseen, unseen forces from within the, within the Earth. So do the magnetic north and south poles. This magnetic variance causes no end of troubles, you know, no end trouble. Thank you for the lemons, Nicole, for um, navigators. So, Kircher published the book, published the book Magnus, in which he speculated that God was the greatest magnet for magnetic force in the universe and that music and love had magnetic properties. Which they kind of, the vibration, if you get in the whole vibration sort of thing. You know what though? Some people believe this. Some people believe. And what can I say? Hey, I believe in dimensions. I believe in, but you might not. Doesn't mean that. You know, I don't like hearing what you believe in. 
Does that make sense? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. That's why I have my show is to get different beliefs uh, from different people. I like hearing everybody's belief. And I also believe that everybody's story or everybody's belief is true to them. And you make your own world. So, I mean, love is magnetic and freaky geek. That's right. <laughs> so, like I said, Haley explained that the Earth is like a balloon or a shell. Within that balloon, he believed, was another slightly smaller balloon, which was the nucleus. The internal balloon moved at its own pace, completely attached from the balloon around it. It has also had its own magnetic fields and some sort of liquid or gaseous membrane separated the nucleus from the shell. He called that more words might, uh, more worlds might exist within a smaller balloon. And there could be even another balloon inside that one. Exactly, Nicole. Exactly. And the reason if God created such massively heavenly bodies that they had to fill them with life. By the same logic, Haley asserted that there must be something alive beneath the Earth's, Earth's surface. As for how life could exist on a place as pitch black as its nucleus, Haley's response was, um, Haley's response was to this site, answer, there are many ways of producing light, which are wholly ignored. In other words, he had no answer. That is, until he observed the northern lights. This phenomenon reminded Haley of his theory of the ether between the Earth's outer shell and its inner worlds. He suspected that the northern lights were the result of glowing ether escaping the internal world. If true, Haley's other explained lights inside the Earth, or rather it was a good explanation for him. Hey, Scoop, how you doing, hon? Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Take care, Matt. Have a good day at work, hon. Be safe, my friend. Nice, Scoop. Well, not nice. I mean, I hate shots, but you know. <laughs> so it is even supported by acclaimed mathematician Newton. In fact, Newton's best work, philosophy, um, would never have been published without Haley's help. <laughs> See, well, yeah, it doesn't hurt for you guys. I can't get shots. Well, I can, but I don't want to. <laughs> they hurt for me a lot. So that's when he came up with, Newton came up, proposed that the, uh, he proposed that the moon was at one point two times denser than the earth. Um, the moon's density was 
had to be larger than the Earth's in order to explain the amount of pull it had on ocean tides. Newton suggested an experiment that might be able to measure Earth's density. Competent in the planet's math would be, mass would be shockingly low. He based his experience on, experiment on this, um, that everything had a gra gravitational pull. And Earth's gravitational pull, pull could attract objects like comets. Then a large enough object should be simple like a... Remember the whole pendulum with the... I don't know if you guys did this in school, but we did it with the whole cone with the salt in the... Or the sugar. I don't know what the hell they used. Maybe even sand. <laughs> could be. I don't know. But where you put the... It's in a cone and they spun it around and it kept going and going and going, circling around. So he, <laughs> theoretically, a scientist could set up a pendulum near a mountain and measure its movement. Using the measurement, they could compare, it gra compare its gravitational pull to that of the Earth, which, with the ratio in hand, they could calculate the Earth's mass. But Newton only proposed it as, thought, as a thought experiment. He never expected anyone to actually do it. Enter masculine. In 1772, astronomer royal, royal to King George III, he wanted to actually give the experiment a try. He needed a mountain near a large flat area so that the pendulum's arc could be could accurately be recorded. <laughs> masculine pitched his idea to the royal court, and they approved a masculine's turn on his colleagues at the Royal Society of London, including Benjamin Franklin, surveyor Charles Mason, and mathematician Charles Hutton. They called themselves the Committee of Attraction, and together they decided upon Shaolin Mountain in Scotland for their site as the trial. Hundreds of observations were made over a period of several years. Masculine recorded that the mountain displaced the pendulum swing by 11.6 arc seconds and 0 0.002332, no, what was I writing there? 0, 0 0.32 degrees. This information told him that unlike Newton's, see this is why I shouldn't take notes at night when I'm tired. This information told them that unlike Newton's estimation, the Earth was far denser than anyone had realized. Exactly, Scoop, yeah. Thinking of Admiral Byrd. When Hutton shared the results of his studies, the Royal Society on May 21, 1778, he proposed that 65% of the Earth's interior must be composed of some kind of extremely dense substance, most likely metal, but their findings didn't find or put an end to the hollow earth theory. Far from it. They lived in a time where supposedly great scientific breakthroughs could be disproven, disproven the very next day. So maybe we shouldn't trust that either. So, for thousands of years, humans believed that there may be something significant below the crust of the planet. Even renowned scientists such as Haley carried the belief into the 18th century and beyond.
Yes, Freaky Geek. It sucks. So let's go ahead and get to, let me scroll down. Edgar Allan Poe even wrote about it. Let's see. Okay, so the conspiracy theory number one, Admiral Byrd, the first person to fly over the North Pole, kept a secret diary that described his flight into the innards of the Earth, which is called Argatha. And in Argatha is both the source of UFOs and potential home of Nazis who escaped World War II. Conspiracy theory number two is Earth's shifting magnetic poles will create an apple apocalyptic event or rather another another one those who don't escape the caverns beneath the earth will die in conspiracy theory, theory number three is not only is our planet hollow but it's concave and we are the ones living in the inside so on march 11th 1947 admiral richard bird sat in a dark windowless room in the Pentagon as a Navy pilot who served both in both world wars. Byrd thought he had seen everything, but what he witnessed the month before had shaken him to his core. A door opened in the room and a high-ranking intelligence officer stepped through. He asked Byrd to share what he discovered during his mission to explore the North Pole. Codename Operation High Jump. The Admiral cleared his throat and told the story what time he left the naval base in the Arctic, why his plane lost its radio signal, and where he actually went. Finally, Byrd admitted that he witnessed unnatural, unnatural syndical aircraft that defined all known laws of aviation. And these UFOs didn't come from the sky above. They came from the Earth. Inside the Earth. After Byrd finished sharing the strange sharing the strange details of his expedition his superior nodded and left the room to report bird's story to president truman the pentagon detained bird until he agreed to keep his mission a secret from the public the general population wasn't ready to learn the truth about what lays inside the earth bird finally left the pentagon after nearly seven hours of interrogation as a military man, he was beholden to his orders. Excuse me. It seemed as though the truth would never get out. But Bert had kept something from the government, a detailed journal that shared his entire story. Sooner or later, Bert's journey in the hollow earth would come to light. The belief that our planet contains another world inside of it, as far as we discuss how humans held his belief for millennia. Only, to, only in the last three centuries have we come to understand that the planet is probably solid all the way through, or at least that's what they want you to think. Because it's an it's a Earth inside of another Earth. Kind of like that. You never know, Freaky Geek. 
Um, okay, so conspiracy theory number one. At the North Pole, there's a massive hole that leads to a secret hidden underworld inside our Earth. This world is home to an advanced humanoid species known as the Rainy. Conspiracy number two, across the globe, multi-caverns lead to the Earth's surface through its mantle and into inner realm. Ancient humans escaped from the, uh, the disaster by fleeing to the underworld, where they still live to this day. And soon, we will have to do the same. And number three, the Earth is actually concave, meaning that we live on the inside with the sun floating in the middle. You know, I've never seen that movie. Any of them. I've never seen any of those movies. I think I started watching one and then something happened and I, you know. So some conspiracy theorists believe that Bird's exploration of the North Pole was more than it seemed. They think it may have invertedly discovered he invertedly discovered the poles or the polar entrance, a vast hole that leads to Agatha, a legendary kingdom within the Earth's core. That's what everybody says. I, I'm definitely, you know, it pops up every once in a while on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Um, so. So. The belief that Bird found um, stems from two primary sources. First, before setting off on his faithful flight in 1947, Bird allegedly stated, I'd like to see that land beyond the pole. The area beyond the pole is the center of the great unknown. What he meant by beyond is up for debate. Either he simply flew past the North Pole by some distance or as a metaphorical statement referring to the world he returned to after he completed an extraordinary expedition or beyond reality meant that he planned to travel from the North Pole to another mysterious destination. Right, Skook? Skook says it's funny how gold tooth goes flying out since gold is a magnetic. <laughs> um, perhaps he already knew he had some idea of what he'd find up there. No one would know the answer for over 20 years until Bird's secret journal surfaced in 1964. The mysterious Dr. Raymond Bernard published Admiral Bird's journal in his book, The Hollow Earth, subtitled The True Origin of the Flying Saucers. Bird's writings are reprinted in full, beginning with a detailed flight log. That 6 a.m. on February 19, 1947, Bird took off from his Arctic base at 9, uh, at 9.10 a.m. He remarked that his flight instruments began malfunctioning as he neared the North Pole. At 9 a.m., he was alarmed to find an unexpected mountain range in the flat Arctic horizon. At 10 a.m., Bird was able to see beyond his, this ridge into a flourishing green valley, complete with trees 
animals rolling green hills and a small river bird remarked. The light here seems different. I cannot see the sun anymore. Hey, Terry now. Well, hey, Terry. <laughs> How you doing, hon? He said, I can't see the sun anymore. As he continued to fly, birds saw a woolly mammoth, an animal that supposedly once extinct 4,000 years before. As he had descended to 1,000 feet, his navigational instruments began to function again. According to his temperature gauge, it was a pleasant 74 degrees Fahrenheit at the North Pole. Bird's immense shock at his discovery was evident in his no with increasing alarm. Bird noticed that his plane stopped responding to his commands. It appears to be flying itself as it gripped by a, an invisible vice. And isn't that what said today with UFOs, some of them? That's when he realized he wasn't alone in the sky. Two glowing disc-shaped aircraft hovered on either side of the plane as they closed in on Bird. He noticed strange markings on the ships. These unidentified flying objects for huge swastikas. Now that I read that, I wonder if they didn't have swastikas, but if they had the mythical, not the mythical, but the, the other um, symbol, the back, backward swastika that was uh, from way before Nazi times. I'm wondering if that's what it was. I mean, I don't obviously believe that Nazis are living in the earth. Um, but I'm wondering if that's, if it was like a UFO. I forgot what civilization has the backward swastikas. Yeah. But I wonder if that's what he saw. Bird's radio buzzed to life, a German accent, and a voice said, welcome, oh, maybe if it had a German accent, um, <laughs> welcome, Admiral, to our domain. We shall land you exactly seven minutes. Relax, Admiral, you're in good hands. The plane's engine suddenly turned off. Whatever external force was gently moving the plane, it landed it outside of a shimmering, multicolored, futuristic city. Several tall, blonde men were there to greet him. Yes, thank you, Andy. The end, the plane's engine slowly, oh, I already read that part, sorry. The flight lot and several tall blonde men, I wonder if they were Pleiadians, I don't know. I'm only speculating. The flight log ends there and Bird reports the rest from his memory. Bird host led him to an elevator. After a long journey downward, the elevator opened into a long hallway. On the other side was a great door bearing an inscription in language that the Admiral didn't recognize. One of Bird's hosts told him that he was now going to meet the Master. Bird stepped into a vast chamber across the room. A man with delicate features sat at a long table. He welcomed Bird to the kingdom. 
he called Agatha, Agathar, sorry. Uh, the master said, we have let you enter here because you are of a noble character and well known on the surface world. You are in the domain of the Orient, the inner world of the earth. The master explained that atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki two years earlier greatly disturbed the Arani. Uh, after becoming aware of humanity's development of nuclear weapons. They sent their fuel rods to investigate the surface world, what they call fuel rods, surface dweller called unidentified flying object. Fuel rods. I wonder why they would call them fuel rods. Bond is blonde. That is true. Maybe it was a bunch of bomb, James Bonds. Yes, freaky. <laughs> fuel rods. I'm trying to think. I, this is how my mind works. I'm trying to think why they call them fuel rods. Yeah, tall whites. Thank you, Skook. Jeez. Um, that UFOs came from within Earth, not from space. The Irani had already tried to warn humanity's leaders that future conflicts would make World War II look like a minor scuffle. A global nuclear war would lead to dark ages descending upon the Earth. The Master was unsure whether humanity could survive this event, but the leaders of the Serpent would refuse to listen. Kind of like... Well... <laughs> Terry... <laughs> They were beach blonde, bottle blondes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the master was saddened to report that humans even fired upon the peaceful fuel rods. Which sounds about right, if you ask me. <laughs> so, they retreated into their world and decided instead of to choose a human to spread their message. They chose Bird. The two hosts then brought Bird back to his aircraft and encouraged him to spread the information the master gave him. They lifted his plane back into the air, and at 2,700 feet, they put the Admiral back in control of his aircraft. The swastika-laden hovercraft flanked him and flew back to their strange world. In addition, Bird's journal, Raymond Burnett's, book includes 100 pages of analysis and other evidence of the existence of Hollow Earth. I might have to buy that book just to read it. Even with all those extra pages, Bernard never explained how he found Bird's writings. That's the, you know. But he knew quite a bit about uh, the aliens, according to Bernard. He left he left thousands of years ago aboard flying saucers to lead primitive humans to greatness. They founded every successful ancient civilization, include the Mayan Empire, the ancient Egypt, and China, although the original disappeared back into the earth. At some point, they became known as gods, inspiring an ancient pantheons. Every time that I hear about gods, um, I think of, uh, what's her name? She used to channel gods. And one time I was listening to one that uh, channeled supposedly Lilith. 
And the words, because Lilith was, you know, bad, was Adam's first wife in some religions, um, and was cast out and went with Satan, apparently, or Lucifer, whatever you want to call him. Um, her words, it wasn't the fact that she was channeling, supposedly channeling Lilith, it was her words. And this, I guess, started me on the journey, this is back two years ago, started me on the whole, we create our own worlds, because listening to her, somebody in the chat had asked, well, why are you bad, or you're supposed to, you're supposed to be evil or something. And she's like, when she was asked that question, she's like, that's the story you gave me. So I have to live it. So it got me, that's when it started, you know, yes. <laughs> Did she have a thing for, maybe she might have, Andy. <laughs> but she was cast out of the garden because her reasoning behind getting cast out was supposedly was that when they were yes yes terry she did <laughs> um she went she did she went on to marry frazier he'll tell you about it too but um <laughs> she um she didn't want to like when they're giving intimates um her and andy is basically kind of like that skook what's basically is no one should be on top and no one should be on bottom it should be equal when they're when you're getting intimate and so that was the whole start of it let's pray to a demurs who had con mankind feeds the word also that she so-called uh, serpent in the Garden of Eden. Well, from what I've heard, I really never, I never knew who Lilith was until later on. Um, but it was just her words, the way she said, um, that's true, Skook. <laughs> it's just the words of, that's the story you gave me, so I have to live it. It struck something in me. If that makes sense. So every time people talk about gods or goddesses or anything like that, I, that's what I think about. Allowing true knowledge, quote, lest men become gods like us. Leave that. Is in a lot. Yeah, I've heard that before. It's in a lot of older Bibles. Yeah, Andy, I've heard that before, definitely. Yeah, it was like she was equal, not, you know, yeah, not made of her. No, Eden was uh, not Eden. Eve was made from his rib. She was not. Um, but it made me start to think in the way that I think today. I, I, I really believe those words because there was something about those words just struck with me. Well, it struck with me and stuck in with me. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm taking it, Scott. Well, welcome back, first of all. And I'm taking it, you won. 
wrestling with the router. <laughs> Considering you're back. You know, that's like when people, when they're, you know, uh, crucifying witches because of the fact that they, you know, no one should believe in false gods. It wasn't a, if people actually did research in that, they weren't false gods. They were aspects of God. Just my take on it anyway. Yeah, router fighting is is very hard. <laughs> right, Terry. Terry says it's the Bible's attempt to overthrowing the older mother goddess religion. Yes. I mean, well, that's my belief anyway, but... So yeah, anytime that comes up, I that's what I always I go back to that. I don't know why something like I said just it has nothing to do with the story, but it's just something that sticks with me. <laughs> so anyway, um, again, many ancient colors, cultures did believe in a massive underworld, and Admiral uh, Beard did fly over the North Pole, but not in fourteen or nineteen forty seven. Bird's first flight over the North Pole took place on May 9th, 1926, 20 years, 21 years before operating high jump. At the time, he never noted any mysterious tropical land that lay inside the North Pole. And it wasn't only the dates that were wrong in Bernard's book, the locations were wrong too. Bird did not lead Operation High Jump in 1947, but as his directive was to explore the South Pole, not the North, other than um, confusing. So second expedition with his first, Dr. Bernard made another huge mistake. He didn't disguise his identity well enough. In reality, there is no Dr. Bernard. His real name was Walter Sagmeister, a dietitian who believed that uh, mass colonization and vegetarianism could lead to humanity to a new golden age. By the 1960s, he allegedly promoted breathalyzer here, I'll put it in chat. <laughs> Breath and Breath and my, my mouth is cold, just not. Say that. Breath and Nerism. Breath <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's in the chat if you'd like to know. Um, the belief that humans can gain all nutrients they need simply from breathing. I know. Breath Arianism. Okay, thank you. See, this is why Andy comes to my my streams. Besides trying to make me um, swear. He is my teacher, my guide. I wouldn't call him nutcases, Skook. I mean, I mean, I I wouldn't follow him, but that was their belief. You know, nobody should be wrong for their belief. Nobody should be picked on for their belief. Yeah, too many silly bubbles again. That's right. So let's see. So, in this case, it, it kind of makes him an untrusting character. 
But Bird's flight log is vividly detailed, cer certainly seems official. As a military man, Bird would have felt beholden to his superiors um, if they ordered him to keep quiet and maybe they disguised Operation High Jump true objective in order to hide the truth. So what do you guys think about that theory? About the Admiral and his his journal, his secret journal. So, the second conspiracy theory is that across the globe, natural caverns connect the surface world to an interior domain populated by interdimensional beings. Ancient civilizations were fully aware of this internal world, but this knowledge was lost for thousands of years until one man remembered. When Dallas Thompson, he was the guy that we talked about in the top of the show, Well, Antarctica is a whole different thing. <laughs> Terry, well, it leaves me out of breath here. Yeah, I'm not even going to try it again. It is very interesting, Heather. It is. So Dallas Thompson was the guy we were talking about who disappeared. He wanted to, he believed Deadpool nerd hug. Oh, <laughs> that's a freaking icon. Sorry. That's funny. <laughs> Terry, that shit's funny, man. I swear. Oh. When Dallas Thompson was a boy in the mid-90s, he moved to Maui with his father, and one day he, wa he was walking along the north shore of the island, and he felt a strange or a strong presence. He looked up and met the gaze of an old, wise-looking man in the distance. In the blink of an eye, the man teleported to Thompson. The man introduced himself as a shaman um, or a kahuna. Kahuna are well-respected leaders in the tradition Hawaiian culture. Long as he wasn't a night walker or a night marcher, those people are scary. That's one thing that I would not want to go try to even see. But anyway, getting off topic. And this one was no different. In fact, Thompson, uh, according to Thompson, he owned half of Maui. Thompson and the Kuna struck up a friendship, according to Thompson. He had eternity had an eternity in his eyes. In the mid-1990s, when Thompson was in his late 20s, he found a glowing blue orb in the jungle that he couldn't identify before it disappeared. Thompson was lucky enough to take a picture of it. Thompson showed the picture to the kahuna who identified it as a spirit in pure form. He said that he had seen several of these orbs recently and he understood what they signified. A great change was coming to earth. And he brought Thompson to the jungle where he was allowed to hold sacred meteorites that vibrated in his hand. 
Right, Andy? <laughs> the stone showed Thompson incredible visions of devastating of a devastating car accident. Thompson understood that this image image was from his future. To gain further understanding of the universe secrets, Thompson needed to have a near-death experience. Then he shared something else with his protege. The wise man was soon going to pass away, which he called transferring shortly after Thompson left Hawaii. Now in his late 20s, he returned to his homestead or hometown of Bakers, California. In 1997, Thompson was driving 70 miles per hour through pouring rain on a cliffside highway near Bakersfield. His car hydroplane, and before he knew it, he was falling down the cliff. The accident ripped the top off Thompson's car off. The MTs brought a body bag to the scene of the wreck, expecting the worst. Thompson had miraculously survived. His vision had come true. Five years later, on October 4, 2002, 31-year-old Thompson appeared in a classic radio show, like I said, Coast to Coast. <laughs> right, Andy? <laughs> I won't I won't mention NDEs just because, yeah, we don't want to give Scott nightmares again. He appeared, he appeared on the classic radio show Coast to Coast to promote his new book, Cosmic Manuscript. Bell specialized in, well, we know who our Bell is. Um... So Thompson spoke with manic energy, barely stopping for breath over an hour and a half. Okay, Scott, take care, hon. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, night marchers are scary. They scare me. Um, Thompson claimed he survived the car wreck because interdimensional beings transported him to a place deep within the earth where all time flowed simultaneously. Thompson referred to this metaphysical place as the now. Just as the meteorites in the Kuhuna had predicted, Thompson unlocked the secrets of the universe. The beings who saved him didn't come from outer space, they came from beneath our feet. The earth was hollow and it soon would become the last refugee of humanity since that accident Thompson made his life mission to spread the word of an upcoming apocalypse. The beings warned him that the Earth's magnetic pole were going to switch, which a lot of people think that's what's happening now. The North Pole would become the South Pole and vice versa. This would cause an immediate change to the global climate. Thompson compared to Noah's biblical, he compared it to Noah's biblical flood. Although Thompson didn't mention it by name, the idea proposed is also known as the pole shift hypothesis. Broadly, it's the idea of Earth magnetic poles one day flipping, causing devastation to the planet. <laughs> Nicole. No, we have it now, freaky geek. That's not nice, Andy. <laughs> We have time running now. Our past, present, and future is all at the same time. <laughs> Skook. Even aliens avoid me. <laughs> so the phenomenon is known as G 
geomagnetic reversal, and it's happened before. Essentially, every half a million years, the Earth's magnetic poles weaken and eventually reverse. South becomes north, north becomes south. Scientists are unsure exactly why this polarity reversal occurs. It's thought to be caused by a periodic change within the fluid layer of the Earth's core. <laughs> So geomagnetic reversal is associated with extinction events because our planet's magnetic field actually protects us from harm, harmful social, or social. Yeah, the radiation's social, or social. Solar radiation during a power shift. This field weakens. Kind of like what I say when we, I'm watching the Northern Lights. Everybody's like, oh, it's so beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, it's a lot of radiation shining. Let's stand down here and be like, oh. So Dallas Thompson proposed that this shift happen every few thousand years, but in reality it usually happens every few million years. The last one occurring about 770, a long time ago. And that reversal didn't take place instantaneously, like Thompson claimed the next one would. It slowly changed over 22,000 years. Even so, Thompson said that this change in the polar balance was Mother Earth's attempt to shake us off and reset, killing almost all humanity. It's kind of leading up to that, right? All the shit that we've had go on in the world with wildfires and just droughts and so well, that's, you know, um, flooding in other places. It's like she's trying to kill us off slowly. And then she's going to say, screw it, and just shift the <laughs> and get it all done at once. It's kind of like we're, you know, taking too long to die out in her eyes. <laughs> um, but people with intimate connection with the earth would be spared. Well, that's good because, you know, right, exactly, Skook. Killing all humanity would be good for the earth. Nicole's good. Oh, what the fart? Um, that's what it's supposed to say, guys. Because I know you can't hear it. But anyway, um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Oh, the intimate connection with the earth. Hey, you know, I wonder if that's what the, why I, you know, now, ever since the big earthquake we had up here a couple years ago, uh, you know, I still get tremors. I still get the shaky, like there's an earthquake. I have to sit there and think, is that an earthquake or is that my body? And it starts down in my spine. For the longest time, I was like, well, maybe I'm in tune with earthquakes. Maybe they're going off. I don't know what the hell's happening. That's the one where Eddie sat on the bed next to me and I had one of those episodes and he's like, what the hell was that? And I'm like, that's what I mean I go through. So maybe I'm protected. Even the Sahara had been lush desert many times over. Some even say it was the sea at, at one time. Yes, actually that's one of the places, isn't that one of the places that they think Lumeria was? Or Atlantis? Because the eye of the Sahara, the way it's shaped, 
they think that's where actually Atlantis was. Freaky Geek, that's not even funny. <laughs> yeah, Tremors was a good movie. I love those movies. I haven't seen all of them, but I... <laughs> that's a really good movie. Well, at least the first couple of them. Like I said, I haven't seen them all. Um, well, Terry, you know, that was my reasoning because I, you know, I, most of you guys know I'm a New Yorker. I'm from New York. I'm from New York. And uh, I said I'd never moved to California because of earthquakes. Then I moved to Alaska, which has a million earthquakes a day. <laughs> Why? Why not? Yeah, Dante's Peak. That's one of my favorite movies. Your grandfather was born in Syracuse? I'm, I was, well, I'm not close to Syracuse. It was Syracuse, Rochester, Buffalo. I was in between Rochester and Buffalo. My dad was born in New York in 1914. <laughs> Andy. <laughs> I am. I'm from New York. You want a quarter for your water? That almost signed up Massachusetts, though. I'm sorry. This cord is bugging me. So. It says, uh, people with intimate connection with the Earth would be spared. At the time of the shift, the interdimensional beings would draw them into the internal world. He advised the show's listeners to follow. Thank you for the follow. I missed who it was. Thank you so much for the follow. How you doing? Feel free to join in in the conversation. So he advised the show's listeners to follow his example. Ever since his accident, Thompson had completely stopped wearing shoes. This, he believed, made him more connected with the planet and closer to the interior world. Which is, I mean, you know, when you, when you um, go into a meditative, meditative state, you want to have your shoes off because you want to feel those roots connect into the earth. So, I mean, you know, makes sense. The antenna realm was the home of ancient tribes who had fled the surface during Noah's flood. They had advanced technology and were able to survive the divulge by retreating into caverns deep within the earth. Without the consent bombardment of solar radiation that we face, they could live for as long as 70, 100 years. Eventually, they evolved into the interdimensional beings who saved Thompson's life. The Earth's mantle surrounded this internal world. Modern science estimates that the mantle is upward of 1,800 miles thick and makes up 80 84% of the Earth's total volume. But Thompson claimed that there was a it was only a mere 4,500 feet at its thickest. That's just over a quarter of a mile. 
structurally that's most much too thin to support our surface world. Excuse me, modern science also said that uh, mantle's temperature ranges from 1,000 to 3,700 degrees Celsius. But Thompson claimed that the mantle wasn't, wasn't universally hot. Volcanic eruptions were just its way of venting excess heat. In fact, some parts were so cold, they were hot. When asked what his phrase meant, Thompson simply replied that that's a cave you don't want to be in. He went to explain, went on to explain that the Earth's crust surrounded this mantle. Caverns riddled the Earth's surface, connecting our world to the hollow spaces inside the mantle. These caverns were lit by huge, reflective, 20-foot-tall crystals that bounced sunlight from the surface to the interior. Bioluminescent moss also helped illuminate these caves. According to Thompson, dinosaurs thrive within the Earth. It is also the home of the Anaki, super-intelligent reptilian creatures from Sumerian, Egypt, and Hindu mythology. Some people that believe that these lizard people secretly run the world. Thompson told Bell he planned to visit the North Pole on his 30th, 32nd birthday, May 24, 2003. And according to the interdimensional beings, this was going to be the day of the pole shift. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> Thompson, at least I don't remember. I mean, we could have been, you know, Mandela effect. Um, Thompson planned to fly directly into the hole using a backpack size personal helicopter he called Solo Truck. And I'll show you guys the picture of this. Maybe. There it is. This is what he was going to use, guys, to go down into the hole. I would want to be more protected, but that's just me. There you guys go. That's what he was going to use. Again, I would want to be more protected, but that's just me. <laughs> would you guys go in that thing? That makes sense, Terry, yeah. too hot day he's gonna get cooked yeah yeah I would want more protection you know I would want like dummy bars you know well maybe he wasn't going to come back Andy sooner than him than me can't see it holding enough fuel to get back again it's a bird it's a plane it's that thing <laughs> um as soon as Thompson mentioned that he was traveling to the North Pole or asked him if he knew about the dangerous conditions there. The average temperature of the North Pole is minus 40 degrees. That's like Fairbanks. Come on now. Fahrenheit, without protective gear, Thompson might die by... Thompson said he felt no fear. He believed that the beams would beam him into the hole. It would... Uh, 
they would place an electromagnetic bubble around him. You know, some of this, I'm telling you guys, some of this, this whole bubble thing, that reminds me of the astral projection. It said Fahrenheit. Dummy bars for a dummy. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, okay. That these creatures had saved his life so he'd accomplish his destiny. They wouldn't allow him to die. It seems as though nothing could sway Thompson from his theory. He was determined to visit the North Pole. But... Before he could make his fatal his fateful journey, he vanished without a trace. Nobody knows why Thompson disappeared months before his expedition, but of course the Hollow Earth community has its theories. <laughs> During his interview, Thompson seemed unsure of who was funding his expedition. One Hollow Earth for um One hollow earther proposed to government entities were actually bankrolling Thompson's trip without his knowledge. One post said that maybe they got what they wanted and no longer needed him. Or he really did step away from the stop spotlight and attempt to carry out his mission in secret. But because the solo trek had only ranged about 100 miles, he may have passed away during his attempts. <laughs> Hurry back, freaky geek. Others believe that Dallas Thompson was successful, that he flew into the hole at the North Pole and now lives with the, within the Earth among the super beings that saved his life years ago. A lot of people think he took the bunny from this books and ran. What do you guys think? I mean, he's just up into... But, on the show, it seemed like he really, really believed this idea. I mean, he, he built that freaking machine. I mean, well, I don't know if he built it or who built it, but he, you know, he really wanted to do that. Still, Andy says, probably still frozen to the ice pack because it was too cold to start his helicopter thingy. I mean, he had a lot of beliefs in this. And what do you think about the, the shift changes? The magnetic poles changing? I mean, do you think... If the poles shift... I mean, they, they shift all the time, right? I mean, the North Pole isn't the North Pole anymore. It's like cockeyed now. Um, do you think it'll kill us? Or do you think it'll, like, reset the Earth? What do you guys think? Hopefully, nice, nice skook.
he may have had a lot of beliefs, but by the same token, women think they're equal to men just because they believe it don't make it true. Oh, Andy, you're going to get in so much trouble, I swear. You are going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> That's right, Skid. True, Andy. We are far superior. <laughs> you think it'll reset? <laughs> Everybody's going to start yelling at Andy. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, there's a lot more to the story and everything like that, but I'm going to, I think I'm going to end it there. I mean, what can I say? I love hearing about that. I love hearing about different conspiracy theories. I love hearing about, they're fun, you know? And I mean, to me, the way I look at it, Oh, here's another picture that I was going to share. How the universe is, or how... Oh, I forget that on this platform I have to click the button. Click the button, let's see. Oh, wrong way, wrong way. So that's, oh my God, I did it again. Really? No, I did it. This page is a little wonky. So that's how they think it looks. Hey, Sarah. How you doing, hon? <laughs> Andy, you're too funny. Ah, is she watching right now, Sarah? Everybody flood the chat with happy birthday, Tiami. She's a big five years old today. A big five year old. This is for you, Han. Hold on a minute. Let me get rid of that. Give me a second because I forgot what the hell I'm doing. Make sure it's working. Happy birthday, Tiami! We love you! Big five years old! You're getting so big! Love you, sweetheart. I hope you had a wonderful birthday. And hopefully you ate some birthday cake for me. And Chaos says happy birthday. He's not here right now, but he says happy birthday. Yay! 
Welcome back, Freaky Geek. All right. She got a new baby called Jasmine. Oh, I like that name. Scoop. There you go. Make a mug cake for yourself for her birthday. That's right. That's awesome. I like that, Jasmine. Very cool. Lucky you. I want a baby girl named Jasmine. Baby doll. Don't get that mixed up, Andy. I want a baby doll. <laughs> it is a very pretty name. So, yeah. That's what they think Earth is, looks like. So our whole universe is entrapped in the world. You never know. What do you guys think? Pull my chat back up. Stop sharing. There we go. You're very welcome, hon. I love you. Uh, yes, it is. Freaky Geek Jasmine's a nice flower, too. <laughs> She's very welcome. Very welcome. For you, you don't buy it. Too many things just add up. Or don't add up. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I can, I mean, I get, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if I, I hold I don't know. I'm taking more. How do I explain? I don't think we live in a hollow earth. Or that there's a hollow earth down there. I do believe. I mean just there's so many. Stories from natives about. Do I think people live in caves under there? I do. Um, are they aliens? I have no freaking clue. Aren't we all aliens, though? Um, you guys know my feelings on that. You know, I think there's something could be possible. Um, you know. But I don't think they're, you know, we have a whole hollow earth down there. You know what I mean? Yeah, see? That's what I'm saying, Freaky Geek. We're all aliens. We're all hybrids. Right? I thought it was just a neat, you know, thing that 
You know your alien for sure? <laughs> the truth is out there. That's right. We're going to find it one story at a time. The truth isn't here. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Funny how we are the species who cannot live in harmony with the world around us, seated here on the planet. You know, it's just one of those things. I, I really believe that's why when it comes to UFOs and aliens and stuff like that, um, I truly believe that there is life out there other than us. Um, I, do, I do believe the whole synopsis of like we were protected and I don't know if I did this story on, on this or not, but um, how we were supposedly protected, like almost like in a uh, invisible cloak, if you would say, um, from other races until like 2012 or something. And then it wasn't like we weren't like um, broadcasted, hey, Earth is open. They kind of like did it on, her, in, on the DL. So now other species are like, oh, Earth's open, you know? <laughs> but it's more or less like, I mean, I think aliens come in a different, I think it's all interdimensional. Um, I believe that's why, I, I believe that they're interdimensional. That's why we can't... Um, from one of the stories that I've heard that, uh, yeah, right, Geek. <laughs> one of the stories that I heard is like their energy is way too powerful to be by ours. So that's why it makes me think other that the greys and um, the ones that have abducted people are more governments. You don't even need that, Andy. You don't even need ayahuasca or DMT. I mean, you could do it yourself. I've done it. Not that I stayed there long, but I've done it. You know, we all, like I said, we all have our own beliefs. And I, I, I love that each and every one of us is different because it'd be boring. That's why we're having this whole experience on Earth. <laughs> do I need to preach again? No, I'm joking. Um, it'd be boring having everything handed to us and, and stuff. Um, that's right, Andy. That's, you know, that's actually pretty beautiful. God, you scared the hell out of me. I know it ain't a Pepsi, but have, have some. Well, thank you, baby. You ain't keeping it. Oh, I ain't keeping it? No. Well, that's rude. I don't give a damn. <laughs> ain't even open yet. <laughs> But yeah, Eddie scared the hell out of me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, but I love, everybody's saying hi, honey. Did you hear me? No, no, tell everybody say hi. He says hi, everybody. 
<laughs> he brought in a Mountain Dew, said, here, have this, and then, he could, and then he's going to take it away from me. It's rude. Very, very rude. Yes, I am. Very, very rude. And he said, hi, honey. Hi, baby. He said, hi, baby. <laughs> Here you go, baby. Thank you. Kurt got there. 10 minutes eight this morning. Jeez. Ridiculous. <sighs> so, yeah, I mean, with that being said, it is 12.06. I should see if that Eddie texted me. Oh, I did. He, I don't see it. Well, I saw that you, yeah, texted me that it came at eight, 10 minutes to 8 or whatever. Okay, see, so I did. I'm like somebody saying hello to me or anything this morning. I, I could tell that in his text. He's like, uh, what did you say? Good morning to you as well or something. Good morning to you, baby, baby. Yeah. That means, why didn't you say good morning to me, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, thank you, Nicole, for the ice cream. <laughs> now, Eddie's back has nothing to do with it. You can send him out to get, get lunch, Missy. <laughs> yeah. That ain't happening. <laughs> but, bring me ice cream, Eddie. <laughs> Scoot said, bring her ice cream. Give me some money. Said, so give me some money. All right, guys, with that being said, tomorrow on tomorrow's show, we'll be talking chakras. 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 And as always, thank you guys so much for coming. Oh, I got to go over to D-Live. Duh. Duh. Eddie, why didn't you remind me? Hey, you got to go over to D-Live. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Let me go over and put some lemons in that chest. Maybe if it lets me. I know what the treasure chest is. It tells me what, what's the... Let's see. 200 lemons in the chest. That was gross. Um... Hello again, Freaky Geek. <laughs> Love you too, hon. Thank you guys for coming in. I appreciate it. Make sure you hype up that chest, guys, over in D-Live. Let's hype up that chest. Or hype up that chat. Not the chest, the chat. Wow. I need to go back to bed. <laughs> Thank you again, Ron, for giving Nicole... A gift of a sub. I appreciate it so much. I know she does as well. I thank you. That was very, very sweet of you. Stuck up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Heather. I'm glad you guys had a good time. <laughs> Freaky geek. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate each and every one of you. Um, like I said, if you're listening over on the podcast, please come over and chat with us, man. We have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun with all these people in here. 
If you're new, please hit that subscribe if you like what you heard. We do this five days a week when Missy wakes up on time. Or it's not really windy out or anything like that. Missy is very protective over BC now. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if you're new here, please hit that subscribe. Hit that like button on your way out, guys. I would appreciate it so much. And tomorrow, like I said, is Chakras. And then, of course, Freaky News Friday will end it for the week. I appreciate each and every one of you guys. I really do. All right, ready? I'm opening up the chest. Here we go. Distribute, distributing rewards. Oops, Wednesday, not Tuesday. No, you... I don't know why it, it shouldn't... It should have changed over, Freaky Geek. Does it say that? It does say that on my DLive. I don't know why, because I changed all the titles. It's really Friday. <laughs> Hit that chest. Heather got, holy crap. Heather got 129 Lamones. 129.2. Nicole got 74.6. Damn it, Andy, are you? Really? Thank you, Heather, for the lemons. I'm going to kick your ass, Andy. Really? I'm really going to kick your ass. If there was... Andy, thank you so much for the dono. I appreciate it so much. You're an asshole, but thank you. <laughs> You know I love you. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Please remember, guys, to I will kick his ass, Nicole. I I have no well, no, I don't have long legs. I have a longer torso. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I will figure out a way. I'll put I'll do the whole stick with the you know. You'll wait for Duck him tape. to start sitting down and then you'll pick up your foot. There you go. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being here. I had a ball talking to you guys. I hope you guys had fun as well. I will see you tomorrow for Think Outside of the Box th Thursdays. I think that's more stressful trying to come up with titles to the days of the week than the actual show itself. <laughs> I mean, really, it just coming up with those titles. Freaky, I was thinking stick with a carrot. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being here. Remember, please, please find something today that makes you smile with your eyes. I love you guys so much. I hope you have a wonderful day, night, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Take care, everyone. Be safe. Till tomorrow. Love you guys.